If you find value in the show, please share it and review it. If you want to support the show even further, you can leave a tip or set up recurring support via the links in the show notes or on the website. Thanks again for listening, sharing, and learning with me. Now, on to this week's show. Welcome, welcome. This is Talking to the Internet. Today it is my privilege to have blogger, field guide producer, course developer at MaxSparky.com. He's a podcaster for multiple podcasts, including Mac Power Users, Focused, and Automators. He's a productivity expert, uh, aspiring video creator, which we'll talk about. Oh, and by the way, he practices law in his free time. So I'm um, excited to have David Sparks on the show. David, welcome. Thank you. It's, it's my pleasure to be here, Corey. So, David, uh, the nature of the show, right, is we really want to talk about talking to the Internet, and talking can mean any form of talking to the Internet. Um, it doesn't necessarily just mean podcasting, but uh, mainly we want to get into you and why, why you do this, right? And we're not dealing with the mechanics of it. We're not dealing with the tech or anything like that because we all like sure. to nerd out on that, but really your motivations. So I am interested in your story and I want to go the whole way back to the very, 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 very beginning. And I want to know the first content that you put on the internet. Ah, that's a good question. Um, well, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I was playing around with the internet back when it was like, you know, CompuServe. So <laughs> it goes back to my childhood. I like, I had, um, in, I grew up in, um, in the Inland Empire, it was before it wasn't called the Inland Empire, but it was like kind of the San Bernardino County area of Southern California. Uh-huh. And there were a group of strangers that had put together a BBS where we played games on it. And this is like, I want to say like 1982 to 84 ish, okay. you know, where we had the 300 baud modem and you got your mom mad at you because you were taking the telephone line. But we had like games we played. And then we all eventually met each other. So the first content I put on was probably game stuff onto those BBS systems back in the day. Okay. So what did that look like? Did that look like text in like a forum perspective? Yeah. Yeah, Is that what it was? Um, I guess that's the best modern equivalent of it, you know, but it really wasn't a forum. I mean, it was like a terminal you worked through. It It was really rough, but we figured it out. Okay. Okay. So then, when did you start? Like, I learned about you through Mac Power users, and then I learned about Mac Sparky. But like, yeah. what was the you know in terms of your more? I don't want to use yeah, the, the word Mac popular. Sparky stuff. Yeah, yeah, the more popular stuff or the more the stuff where you know your name's getting out there. What was that? What was the first stuff you put out? Um, that was um, probably late two thousands um, when I started doing stuff. Uh, the uh, I was. Uh, I made some contributions. Tim Verporten had a podcast called the Mac Mac Review Cast. Okay. Tim Tim has since passed away, but um, but he I would send stuff into him, like a little recorded reviews that he put on his show, and then people started writing me, and then eventually I put Max Sparky together as like a home for that stuff. So that started in the late two thousands. Yeah. Did you Did you come up with Max Sparky? Is that yeah, good? I mean, just, I mean, people call me, my last name is Sparks, mm-hmm. and, you know, Sparky is, like, the nickname you get when your last name is Sparks. Okay. I mean, you know, I'm, I remember at one point, 
when I was growing up, we had I had I had three siblings, and then my grandfather lived with us too. And somehow we managed to get a dog named Sparky, and people <laughs> would call and they'd say Is Sparky there, and I'm like, well, there's like eight beings in this house that could answer to that. Which one do you really want? You know? Yeah, that's awesome. So so Sparky has been a thing for a long time, and then. Uh, when I decided to put a website together, I literally just sat down with one of those URL search things and started putting names in until Max Sparky came up. And I thought, well, that that's kind of like that that kind of summarizes it for me. I knew from the beginning that I didn't want to focus on stuff for lawyers. Uh-huh. Um, I just wanted to focus on stuff for normal folk who want to get better at this stuff. So I didn't want any legal related like URL and um and Max Sparky seemed to kind of fit, and it's been great, you know. Well, and it's interesting too, because I mean, you had maybe had no idea at the time that like the brand, you know, because like, no, I, I mean, you're establishing that, and you're like, oh, I'm just thinking up a, a domain name, right? It's oh, it's no yeah. big deal. I'm thinking up a domain name, and next thing you know, you've got this whole brand wrapped around it, which we're going to get to, right, as we yeah. develop the conversation. But, and I think it's I think it's ideal. Like listening to your stuff, reading reading your things, like I I mean, I love it. I think it it encapsulates at least what I think you're doing, you know, from a third party perspective, yeah, I think it encapsulates sure. it really well. So that was, awesome. yeah, there, there was a guy in Australia at one point who did a whole podcast on me and I had never heard of these guys and someone sent me a link to the show and I don't, this was a long time ago. I don't even have the link anymore. I don't remember what the show is called, but the, um, they had talked about how they looked at how they looked at when I registered the domain and they saw that, you know, I was doing the interviews and then they saw that I was doing like the, cause I also speak, was speaking at the time at a lot of the ABA stuff and, and they were looking at like my quote unquote career and like saying, oh, and then he went to Mac and Mac world and started writing for them. And then he started making the books and they're like, and you can see how every step he planned this next step. And the, the joke was none of this stuff was planned, yeah, man. Of course. It really didn't work that way. Yeah. So, okay. So why did you... Why did you want to register a domain? Why did you want to start putting content out there? Did you did you even were you doing it as a fun thing or were you doing it as you know I want to build this brand I want to I want to make a name for myself? I you know I did it for fun. I mean, so much of this stuff. I just really wanted to. I wanted to have a home on the internet. Um, when I was in college, I studied political science. I. I I was, I was a weird kid in college. I started out in aerospace engineering and I ended up in law school. But the um, when I decided to go to law school, they said, well, you need to get better at writing. So I took a political philosophy. So I was reading like Aristotle and mm-hmm. Plato and Kant and all these guys. And um, And one of the things that fascinated me about the founding era of America was if you look back at the founding fathers, they all owned their own newspaper, right? Everybody... Hamilton, Jefferson, yeah. every warring faction had their own paper and everybody would like publish their own thing. And I always thought I was always a little jealous that that anybody could just publish. And cuz during this time, this was like in the this was like in the 80s and the you know, late 70s and 80s and it's just like you realize that during that time there were like three networks and there was really no democratization of the press at the time. Mhm. So as the internet started to become a thing, there was a part of me that just wanted to have a platform. And um, and I was really into the tech stuff. I was really into Apple. And I thought, well, you know, here's a place I can share this stuff. But I had no expectation of it becoming what it did. 
So, so what were you start like? What did you start out writing, or what did you start out? You know, were you doing more lawyer stuff, or were you doing more straight Mac stuff, or just whatever you thought about for the day? Honestly, if you go back and look at the articles I wrote at the beginning, they would fit in today. They're, they're like a mix of app reviews, productivity tips, you know, just the kind of stuff I do still. I mean, it it, it was never, you know, I never really planned an agenda for the site, but. Stuff that's interesting to me, I like to share. I mean, like a lot of times on Fridays, I'll do posts about jazz artists and I get email from people say, man, I like your stuff, but I hate those jazz posts. Why do you do them? I'm like, that's okay. You don't have to read every one, you know? Yeah. This is, this is like the, the, you know, age old, you're, you're a technology show. What are you doing talking about politics? And it's like, okay, calm down, calm down. Like we can talk about whatever we want to talk about. You know, we're a show. You don't have to listen to everything. So yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so so how did it evolve, right? You you start posting things, and then when did the next form, you know, start to emerge? Yeah, so I was doing this stuff with Tim, where I was giving him um, audio for interviews, and people were asking me to like do stuff for their shows. So suddenly, I started. I kind of got hooked into kind of the the old school kind of Mac podcasting group. You know, guys like Adam Christensen. Um, um, Alice and Sheridan. There's a, there's like mm-hmm. a group of folks that have been podcasting for a long time on the Apple ecosystem, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I started to like get to know them. Um, I, the, I don't know how the, a- the American bar association heard about me at some point, And then they started inviting me to go to speak at the American bar associations like tech show. So I would go teach lawyers how to use their Apple tech better. And, um, and the, you know, the whole thing just started kind of growing. I was playing with the idea of doing screencasting, but, you know, I, I thought about doing a podcast too. And really the next major step was um, uh, that uh, Katie Floyd and I had become friends meeting at Macworld over the years. And, and we were both thinking about doing a podcast and we had a conversation about that. And I remember distinctly, several people telling us don't do a Mac podcast. That space is completely full. Like Mm -hmm. anything you do is just like more of the rest. And I kind of agreed with it. You know, like at one point Katie said, let's do it like, you know, Mac break weekly or this. And I'm like, well, if Mac break weekly is already out there, why would we want to do Mac break weekly? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I said, let's do a podcast. If we can come up with an original idea. And the thing that I really wanted, and this kind of is a theme for me is I want, um, high signal to low noise. You know, I, as a Mac user or an Apple device user, I'm looking for resources that can give me, you know, the meat on the bones and tell me how to do something better or how to make it work better. I don't really care so much about the latest news and gossip about Apple. Mm-hmm. I'm more interested in how can I use their stuff to make my life easier. And and that's what kind of led us to the idea of a show with like a single topic where we dive deep and then, you know, kind of make this evergreen content where, you know, we'll do a show on email and then we'll do a show on RSS and things like that. And it took us literally like six months to get to that idea that that's what we wanted to do. And again, it was just, you know, luck of the domain world that Mac power users was available. And that's how we named the show. And it, it took off. I mean, there was an audience for that, that content. Well, okay, so so for people that are out there and they're looking for they're looking to fill a hole, they've got a good idea that they want to fill that hole. What is the 
you know, you start putting content out there, right? And you and you put out other other guests have talked about the fact that being consistent with the content, right? So doing your thing, knowing where you're going, and then being consistent with with creating that. But how did you grow the audience, right? How did you like what what was the end to get people to listen? Did you care about that at all? Like what was the what was the story there? Um, my feeling with the internet has always been it's a real simple formula: just make good stuff repeatedly and give a bunch of it away and then an audience will come you know if you make good stuff if you give a bunch of it away people will show up and that's kind of been my governing kind of principle as i've been making stuff at max barkey and the podcasts and the field guides all these years it's just so um i felt like the audience would show up but we made it katie was i used to joke her on the show about it because she's like your concept is good, except we'll run out of content after 10 episodes. And I'm like, and my thought was, you know what, if that's the case, then we'll stop after 10 and it'll be 10 great episodes. You know, well now we, we literally just recorded episode 596 before I got on the mic with you today. But the, um, uh, I, I think that, you know, just believe in what you're doing and, and bring your A game and people will eventually get there. You know, we have, so I mean, I'm sure you weren't listening in episode one, somewhere along the way you found your way to us. Yep. And I think that's just the trick. Just keep doing it. And also um, at no point did I ever think this was going to become, you know, I, I, I never am going to get rich being Max Barkey, mm. you know? I'm doing okay. I make decent money off of it, which, and it helps offset and allows me to make adjustments in my life. But, you know, I don't, you know, have a yacht, you know? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, so you don't go into it thinking, you know, this is going to be my get rich solution. That is the last reason you should do the stuff that we're talking about. But, but, uh, you know, so be willing to just go in and keep, keep swinging and make nice stuff. I mean, our first sponsor wrote us, uh, after we had been making a show a while and said, we'd like to be a sponsor. And we wrote them back and said, okay, great. How much should we charge you? We didn't even know, you know, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. Right, so, so you're doing, are, are you, you're blogging at the same time, right? So you're blogging yeah. your, you launch Mac, um, Mac power users. Was that the first show that was yours that you owned? Yeah. Well, I mean, I had actually started at one point, I think called Max Barkey screencast or something. And I published like three or four, but it wasn't like, it just, I felt like it wasn't really the right thing for me. And, Mm -hmm. and uh, screencasts are highly labor intensive and I didn't, you know, and people aren't really looking, especially at that time, a video product because, you know, iTunes wasn't very good at it. And, you know, those video files are huge and people have bandwidth limitations and, Blah blah blah. Uh, Mac Power Users was really my first podcast. Okay, so what what itch? I mean, we maybe have hit, have hit this a little bit, but just to make it succinct, what itch did that scratch for you? Like, because you're, I mean, are you a, a full, you know, lawyer at this point? Like, are you yeah. in, in a practice I mean, and doing all that stuff? Yeah, I wore a suit. I worked at a firm every yeah. day. So yeah. what what itch did that scratch that you know the rest of that wasn't getting scratched anywhere else? If that makes sense, I, I think. Um, I mean, I, for me, all the stuff I do is really driven and I know people are going to roll their eyes when they hear this, but I actually really like to help people, you know, mm-hmm. um, I get an endorphin from, you know, like making a small differences in folks' lives. And as a lawyer, you make a huge difference in people's lives if you do your job right. 
Um, but there's only so many people you can take care of as a lawyer because it's time intensive and all that stuff. Um, as a podcaster, you can make a smaller difference in a lot more people's lives. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And with the format of Mac Power Users, and to this day, I really have a very, in my head, a formula. It's like the show starts, whatever topic we cover, we try to start fairly simple so anybody can get on board. But then we just kind of ramp up the difficulties we get through the episode. But I really want everybody who listens to be able to take something new away and use that. And then I started getting the emails from people saying, hey, thanks, this tip you gave me allows me to get my work done faster so I can get home to my kids. Or, you know, this is something I've been trying to solve for a long time and I never could figure out. Thanks so much. And, you know, that the, that gives me those happy chemicals that makes me want to make it more. And, and really, I think that's the itch. Nice. So I, so I need to, I have a bone to pick with you. Um, okay. you know, so I, I love Mac power users. Um, I've tried <laughs> to stop listening to it multiple times and let me tell you why. Why I would to, you do that? Yeah. Let me why tell you, you why I try to stop listening to it is because yeah. it sends me on these rabbit holes and you've talked about them, right? Like it sends me yeah. on these rabbit holes of like, I have a system, it's working fine, but you all talk about something and I'm like, Oh, I should probably try that. That would be an yeah. interesting thing to try. And the next thing I know, like I've burned a bunch of hours and I've gone, yeah, that still isn't working for me. And I still, you know, I don't think I'm going to use this, but man, I learned a lot and that was cool. And then yeah. I, re I remember that I have other things that I need to, I need to do in my life. So well, just a, think about me, man. That's my job I is know. to find the rabbit hole. So, but at least I, you can justify it. I can't, I can't always justify it. So. And I only talk about the rabbit holes on this show that may have some merit. You'd be amazed how many rabbit holes I go down that I never mentioned because they, they end up being like, you know, very bad rabbit holes. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Okay. So, okay. We're making, we're making power users um yeah you know that that's that's going what's the next thing that comes in terms of um your uh, your content creation you know that you're putting out there on the internet what's the next thing well, that comes the speaking stuff was going on kind of this whole time the aba convention and then i was speaking at other events and then um yeah i just i, I was doing quite a bit of speaking about it and uh i went and spoke one year in chicago at an event and then i went to go home and I got stuck on the runway for like three hours. Like there was some <laughs> issue where they thought they were going to get it fixed any minute. So they didn't really want to let us off the plane, but we ended up being there like three hours. And during the, the speaking gig, somebody had asked me a question like, you know, I just don't, you know, I just need to understand what, you know, how to deal with a bunch of this stuff, you know, and it kind of got me thinking about, um, you know, what would be a good platform to share that? It's a lot of the stuff we cover in Mac Power Users, but then I got thinking, well, maybe it's a book. Mm -hmm. So I literally, on the tarmac of Chicago O'Hare, I outlined a book called Mac at Work, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, and I wrote like a, I don't know, like a 20-page outline sitting there on my computer of what I would cover in the book. And I mailed it off to uh wiley press the people who make um the dummies books yeah you know? yeah i later just found an address and i mailed it to him with a letter and then um like two or three months went by and somebody called me and they're like hey we read your thing we want to talk more about this and and then i made a deal with them and i wrote a book and uh so that was like the next major thing and okay. it was an actual paper book, you know, that you could go into Barnes and Noble and buy. I was kind of like one of the last ones out the door with a published book. 
So I I remember that, but I I read the iTunes bookstore version of that, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's that's where I got well, that's where I got that one. So sure. So I did I did that one, and I did another one after that called iPad at Work. So I did two for them where I I wrote books. So that was kind of fun. Did you like that? Uh yeah. I mean, it was good working with an editor, kind of learning your way around. It, it's also nice just having you know it's cool going to a bookstore and seeing a book you wrote on the mm-hmm. shelf. I mean that's that's kind of wild, right? Um. Uh, but uh, very quickly, I realized that I really wasn't the right fit for the publishing world. Okay, um, okay. You know, um, what I didn't know kind of going in is like in the publishing world, tech tech authors in particular are just like, you know, they're just like meat for the sausage machine, you know, because <laughs> cause textbook, uh, tech-related books don't have a long shelf life, you know. Uh, usually, you know, next year or a year or two later, you need another one because things change so fast. And so it doesn't pay particularly well. And um, um, I had developed a very unique voice writing at Max Barkey. It's not really a, a voice for books. And like, and and you have to understand the whole time. My other side of my life, I'm writing legal briefs all the time that are very, you know, they're very straightforward and very, you know, I try to write very clearly and very, you know, it's a different type of writing. Let's just okay. say, you know. Mm-hmm. So Max Barkey was a chance for me to like put that down and write in a different voice that, that was more entertaining and kind of whimsical, mm-hmm. but they don't want that voice in the books, book business either. You know, I mean, <laughs> so many things from my editor is like, you can't really say that in a book, you know, <laughs> you know? And, um, and the other problem was with traditional books, the way you taught tech was screenshots, but you know, every screenshot costs money for the publisher so they would say, like, I'd say I want to cover this kind of complicated thing. And they're like, okay, well, you can have three screenshots for that. And I'm like, that's not enough screenshots to really teach somebody how to do that. You know, mm-hmm. and and at the same time, I was playing with screencasts, and I realized that that really is the way to learn how to do this stuff. And eventually, um, uh, I, was, I decided I was going to do my own thing. And I was looking into many formats, EPUB and other options. And at the same time, Apple released the iBookstore and the um, iBooks author application, Mm -hmm. which was perfect for what I wanted. So I moved at that point into making my own thing. And that's when the field guides got started. So so tell me about the transition there like what's your different or what's what's the way you think and is it different you know thinking about a book for wiley and thinking about your your field guides like how are those different well my my big fear was the george lucas problem you know the um if you look at star wars episodes four five and six the ones that came out when i was a kid they were amazing movies Mm -hmm. and if you ever look into how they were made it was like it's amazing the movies ever got finished, you know, <laughs> because the studio was trying to shut them down every other day. George had a nervous breakdown. The technology was new and none of, none of it worked. And it's like just amazing that they got it. And so he had all these constraints on him and he made amazing movies. And then he made the prequels where he had literally no constraints and arguably not as good of movies. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, um, I didn't want to make prequels. I wanted to make, better things than I had made for Wiley. So my fear in getting started on that, that I was going to have so much freedom that I was going to blow it. Yeah. Okay. And, um, so I, I was very conscious of that. So that was the biggest challenge for me was making sure and, and trying to like check my ego and make sure that I had, you know, friends on the outside looking over things for me and making sure that I hadn't like just completely gone off the deep end. 
Well, okay, so let's talk about that a little bit, the, the editorial process, right? So yeah. Mac, Mac Power users, you've had a co-host, right, with that. Yeah. So yeah. you had somebody there, yeah, you, you had somebody there check in, at least, you know, just to make sure that everything was kind of square and everything's okay. Yeah. And that's always been there. At yeah. In your books, you had Wiley, you had an editor at Wiley who was yeah. uh, sometimes helping, probably sometimes hurting that whole process. Um, with the field guides, did you hire an editor? Did you want an editor? Did you choose not to? No, I, I didn't get an editor. I, I had a friend, a couple friends read it over for me before I released it to make okay. sure I wasn't like, but honestly, it was so far along by then, nothing was going to really change. Um, as the process went on further, I have like a copy editor person I pay to read everything and make sure that I'm not like making any grammatical yeah. sna- you know, problems. And then, um, I also have a couple friends that read things on the tech side to make sure I'm on the right page, but that's evolved as well because eventually I, I, I ran into limitations there too. Um, Apple has a two gigabyte limit on those EPUB books. In fact, Apple doesn't even support it anymore. They've, they've dropped support for iBooks author. So mm-hmm. it's not even a thing anymore. And I was getting those signals from Apple. They can't really say, you know, the people that work inside Apple can't say anything, but, um, I was asking because I was getting worried as I was making more of these books, like, are are they going to raise that two gigabyte limit? Because I, you know, it's just like the screenshot problem all over again. I didn't have enough uh, space in the video, in the in the platform to put enough video to, to really convey what I wanted to with mm-hmm. these guides. I mean, mm-hmm. the thing about my field guides is they're really dense. I yeah. When I take on a topic, I really try to cover it soup to nuts. If someone gives me money... I want them to feel like they can get everything they need to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was ha- having that problem. And people inside Apple were saying, look, Dave, I don't even know if this is going to continue or not. I don't know. you know." And these are people that, you know, because the decisions are made in big companies up high, it doesn't always get down to the, you know, to the rank and file. And mm-hmm. the fact that they didn't know is when I said, okay, this isn't going to work. And, um, and also, I was getting tired of paying one third of everything to Apple too. You know? <laughs> I mean, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, but, but the real issue was I wanted more, more space. So then I went into, well, I don't know how long ago, three or four years ago, maybe longer. I started doing the field guides as video products only. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of got out of the book business now mm-hmm. and, and now I'm selling them as videos and it's, it suddenly it's like, I'm unleashed, right? Like the last one I released, I think was six gigabytes in like six hours or something. So mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden I have room to to make whatever I need to make. And so I've kind of done that. As a result, I don't need the copy editor anymore, but I need other people to help me make sure the videos are good. So what's it like managing that team or just kind of organizing that team? Um, Is there... Yeah, go ahead. It's a complete joy. I mean, it's so fun. And like the guy who does the edits is like a dear friend and very good. He knows me well enough to like, he just, I just got an email from him yesterday saying, you know what? Your energy wasn't right in this. You need to redo it. And like, he's the kind of person that can tell me that. And I'm uh-huh. like, oh, okay, you don't question it. Right. Yeah. Um, the other person that helps me, uh, just like, is like super smart. She has a master's and she just wants to make some extra money. So uh, all the like back end stuff she figures out for me and it's a small team, but you know, we, uh, I feel like we make a good product together. So, so where do you get your next 
idea for those, right? Like, I mean, you've got a slew of them. Yeah. What, what, how many sit on the burner before they actually turn in? And then what kicks something over the edge to say, okay, now this is actually going to become a field guide? Yeah. I should be more intentional about it, but it's not really. I have a list of titles that are interesting to me. At first, I mean, it has to be interesting to me or I'm not going to make it, right? Mm hmm. And then also I'm paying attention to people ask me for, you know, so like right now I'm in next month, I'm going to release one on Dev and think, and I've, I've announced that already. So it's not a secret, but, um, I've been working on it for about four months now. And the, um, it was cause a lot of people asked me about it, but I got into the, they made some improvements to the app where I became interested in, and I started using it. Then I felt like I was in a place where I could make a field guide about it. I'm not going to make a field guide about something that I'm not excited about myself. Um, so, and then, right. And then some of them just like land in your lap, like Apple has announced shortcuts for the Mac. Well, I did one for shortcuts for iPhone and iPad. I'm going to do one for shortcuts for the Mac. That's, that's a no brainer for me. Okay. So when do, or have you ever entertained a field guide? Is the field guide tied to you? Is it tied to David Sparks or is the field guide possibly a brand of its own where you recruit others to make field guides under the field guide brand. Have you ever, have you ever entertained that or is that not something you're interested there in? There were a couple I did in the early days with co-authors. I did one on Markdown with a co-author and then Brett Terpstra and I did um, mm -hmm. 60 tips, um, which was kind of a field guide. But honestly, I'm so opinionated about them. You know, I think that they're really kind of a thing that I do. Yeah. Okay. And, and honestly, I don't want to go, you know, getting back to my message earlier, I want to give away a lot of stuff. I don't want to be asking people for money every month, you know? Yeah. Um, and so with the field guide model, I'm able to give away a lot of content on the blog and the podcast. And, you know, every, you know, two, three times a year, I may say, hey, I've got this new thing I'm making. It costs some money, but I think it's a really good way to learn this or that. And if you're interested, please buy it. And I get enough sales from that to kind of help, you know, make everything work. Yeah, that, that's interesting. That's, I just wondered if you'd ever, you know, thought about um, expanding the brand. Let's just let's call it that way. Yeah, I I just I feel like there, there's a lot of people that like suddenly they try to scale something up, and in the process of scaling up, they make it worse. Yeah, you lose the thing that you set out to do. And so I yeah. I, I think it's possible, but I haven't really figured it out. And honestly. Like I said at the beginning, I'm not looking at this. I mean, helping people to me, and I know every time I say this, people roll their eyes, but helping people is really more important to me than like getting, you know, a bunch of money off of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, I do want to make money off it. I want to be able to keep doing it. You know, the old, I guess you ever heard the quote from Walt Disney where he explained that, you know, why they make movies? Have you ever heard that one? Uh -uh. They, they ask him, well, how come you keep making these movies? Like, well, we make a movie. And if we make it good enough, people go see it, then we get the privilege to make another movie. Uh, yeah. And that's kind of my feeling about the field guys. If I make a good one, I make it good enough, enough people buy it, then I can afford to make another one, you know? Yeah, for sure. And um, so that's kind of my thought about it. And I just feel like if I were to like make, you know, 10 in a year, they wouldn't be as good. And people would get tired of me asking them for money. And I just, it just doesn't seem to like really work. So that's why I'm really not that interested in other authors. You know, the way it is, I can, I can make a decent living doing this as part of my 
daily routine and I don't have to, you know, prey on my audience, asking mm-hmm. them for money all the time. And it's just, you know, it's just kind of a good model. Um, uh, scaling it up, I think it would be very difficult to keep it what it is if I scaled it up. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, so you, you're doing MPU right now. You're blogging yeah. at Max Sparky. You've started doing field. You've written a couple of books. You started doing field guides. Yeah. When did you expand out the podcast you know, empire to multiple shows. Yeah. After, um, at some point I was making good enough money off these that it was, you know, it, it wasn't matching my lawyer income, but it was, you know, it was helping. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of at a point in my day to day job where it just wasn't working for me anymore. You know, I mean, we all kind of get there and I felt like I had this kind of special thing but I was doing a lot of trial work. And when you're a trial lawyer, your time really isn't your own. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to have more control so I could actually make the field guides I wanted and, and things like that. And and I didn't, you know, just the you know the mechanics of working in a law firm, you can't really just say, hey, I'm going to start working 20 hours a week. And also, I'd been practicing 22 years. I had a nice little stable of clients that I could call my own. And uh, I just made the leap one day, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it was an educated leap because I knew I was making income off the other stuff. So I knew I wouldn't go completely broke if it failed. But So I, I left the firm. I've got my own firm now. I've been doing that for over five years now. And it's working out great. And I usually spend my mornings being Max Barkey, my afternoons being a lawyer. And I am just at a, a really lucky, fortunate place. So so did the did the new shows come at the same time? Yeah. You, that you made I had that more leap? time then. Yeah, I had yeah. more time. And and the new shows are like their niche interests of mine. Mm-hmm. You know, Mac Power Users is kind of like the battleship of my world facing productions, you know. It's yeah. a big big audience, big show. But there were some things on Mac Power Users that were just too nerdy for us to get into. Like I wanted to go really deep dive into like Apple script and some nerdy topics. And I met this amazing woman, Rose Orchard. She's super smart, really nice. And I wanted to do something with her. And also I kind of wanted to, I mean, once again, I sound like such a, a, a dweeb, but you know, she was young and I wanted to kind of help her get out there. Cause I feel like she has a lot to say. Mm-hmm. And, um, so we made the show together, which is kind of like, Mac Power Users Deep Dive, you know, where we go into deeper things with automation called automators. And then um, uh, I've always been interested in like productivity literature. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, most productivity podcasts are just terrible. You know, they, <laughs> they, you know, it's like there's like this this racket where you prey on people's like worst you know, fears. Yeah. And you say, well, if you just listen to me, I'm going to give you five tips that will make you and your boss get along. Or, you know, I, I have three things here that will make you a millionaire. And it's like, you listen to, you look at the titles of so many of these, these shows and it's like, it just makes me want to like stick a fork in my eye. You yeah, know? I agree. And, uh, yeah. But, but I also feel like there's something to be said there. So Mike Schmitz is another young guy, really smart, I wanted to help him along, but I also wanted to talk about this kind of stuff in a mature way where I'm not giving you all the answers, but frankly telling you all the many of the things I fail at mm-hmm. as we kind of work our way through it. And that led to the show called Focused. So so they're they're kind of like the um the Passion Project podcast. And they have good audiences, but they aren't as big as Mac Power Users. But I love making them. 
Mm-hmm. So when do you when do you decide an idea is good enough is the wrong phrase, but I can't think of a better one right now. But like, when do you think an idea is worth turning it into something tangible? That one I can't stop thinking about it. Okay. You know, and and when it's good enough that I'm willing to throw something else out to do it, that's another good way to judge that that's something I should be working on. Yeah. Are you are you at the point right now? I mean, you do a lot of things, right? So are you at the point right now where it's a one in one out? If you're going to start something new, something has to basically. Leave. Yeah. 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 And, and honestly, I'm not really looking to grow the empire, but I'm always paying attention to opportunities. Uh, but. But I, I, you know, there's only so much to go around. Uh, one of the things I've done over the years is I've drastically reduced my legal income. You know, I, I was still litigating cases after I left the firm, but now I don't do that anymore. And that's like, you know, if you get in a lawsuit, as I tell clients, it's like a bonfire of hundred dollar bills. It's crazy how much money gets spent <laughs> when you're suing somebody. And I just gave all that up. My, my income went way down as a result, Yeah, but I'm. I know the price of happiness. I can tell you yeah. exactly how much it cost me, and it was worth every penny. Yeah, it was worth every penny. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, so tell me about this new thing that you've you've hinted at on on different shows, where you and your wife are, yeah, <laughs> playing around with video video creation and you know doing stuff at Disney. Yeah, this is another just like a passion project. Um, my kids are getting older, and so I've got one in graduate school now and one in college, and we have a lot of friends that like when their kids hit this age, they, they end up getting divorced and finding out they don't like each other anymore. And, you know, and I can see how that happens because so much of raising children is like being a parental corporation. You know, you've Mm got to like raise kids. And we always tried to like, make sure we took care of our relationship too. And I think we did, we still care very deeply about each other, but I thought it'd be fun to have a project for us to do together, you know? And, we're massive Disney fans. I was a Jungle Cruise skipper in college. Daisy actually was in management. My wife's name is Daisy, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, she was in management at Disney right up until the time our second child was born. And then she went back and worked there for a while, but got laid off with the pandemic. And so we've been at the Anaheim Disneyland Resort many times. And we actually, every time somebody comes into town, we show them around. Like, you know, um, a friend of mine, uh, Mike Hurley from Relay came into town last year before pandemic and we took him and his wife and spent the day and showed him like kind of the tricks of getting through Disneyland having a great day. Mm-hmm. And, and the, we, and Mike said, Hey, you know, it was just really great. Cause we had you guys to show us around and Daisy and I got thinking, well, maybe we should make a field guide on it. And we, we started writing a, a Google doc together. It's like got 30,000 words in it, you know? But it, it never really felt like it was jiving. And then the more we thought about it, we thought, you know, this is really just like a video project. Like mm-hmm. we go in and make a video about where the cleanest bathrooms are, or how to get from, you know, Haunted Mansion to Space Mountain in the middle of a parade or something. So we have a whole list of ideas. And it's just a fun thing for us to do together. And again, I have really no intention of ever monetizing it. But when we go to Disneyland, we... um we go in there and we have fun and we shoot some video too. And then we put it on the internet and we, we just really got started on it, but it's, it's been really fun. What's been the most interesting part about partnering with your wife? Cause you're also doing a video project at the same time. Like what's been interesting about that? Uh, you know, it's just been, I mean, honestly, my wife and I are very like chill. We're your prototypical Californians. So okay. neither <laughs> one of us get too hung up on things. 
So we're both really willing to kind of let the other person, if there's something they feel really strongly about, they're like, okay, let's do that then. And um, so it's been a really easy project and it's awesome. just kind of fun. I think the funnest thing for me is watching my wife get more comfortable with being on camera. Yeah. And like even just from the first video to like we've only got four or five out now, the most recent ones, you can just see she's like getting more comfortable at it. So I love seeing her like do that, you know. Um, seeing that side of her, that's really yeah. fun. I don't know. It's just like, it's just really fun. The problem is they don't have annual passes anymore. So every time we go, it costs money to get a ticket. So we haven't been going as much as we, we used to go like once a week, you know, that yeah. was like our family thing. Um, and we can't afford to do that. So we have to, you know, kind of pace it out. I was going to, I was going to ask, cause I, I just assumed that they had a, an annual pass and you all just had the annual pass. Um, but that's it. Yeah. Why did they get rid of them? Well, because of COVID, they're still, they've announced that they're going to have something come back at the end of the year. And the other thing, I mean, if you want to get inside baseball, she got some free tickets while she was employed there okay. that yeah. didn't expire. So we, you know, we've been able to do it without like completely, you know, like spending the college fund, but, um, but we do spend money to go there and we love it and we enjoy it. And we just kind of want to share that with people. I guess that's an underlying theme for all of my internet stuff is I, I really like to share stuff I'm passionate about, you know? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So if you had to pick one of these mechanisms, well, did we miss any, Let, let's, let's go there first. Did we miss anything that you're doing that I hadn't flagged? Um, you know, well, the one thing we didn't talk about, which is kind of intentional is social media. And that is where I have very low activity. I am mm -hmm. just not, into social media, you know, um, uh, I, I don't like the, um, the attention grabbing elements of social media. Like I have a Twitter account and it's got a nice following and I tweet, I tweet out once in a while, but, and the same thing with Instagram, but it's just barely involved with that stuff. And I would much rather spend my time making something, you know, like a podcast or a, or a field guide than, you know, talking about my lunch on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so out of the out of the ones you've talked about, right? Like we've talked about text, we've talked about voice, we've talked about video. Um, what's your favorite? What's your favorite mechanism? You know, if you could only do one of those, which one are you picking? That is such an unfair question. Man. I know you're welcome. Um, I honestly don't know. I I, I think I probably would pick uh, the podcast because that's where I connect with so many people. But. Honestly, I, I don't think I would accept the question. <laughs> you know, I, mean, <laughs> I can't imagine a world where I could only do one. But yeah, the podcasts are the one where I get to, to touch the most people. So I would say podcasts. Yeah, okay. I mean, our, our my wife and I, our Disney YouTube channel gets like like a thousand views. I mean, it's it's not like it's not a big deal. And yeah. um, but but with the podcast, I actually. Uh, like I remember once with the Mac Power users, we were talking about somehow we got into a side talk about what we do with our phones and our cars. And I was talking about this mount I used on my windshield at the time. And somebody emailed me from like Zimbabwe and he was saying, no, we have to use Velcro here because the roads are too bad. You can't use anything but Velcro. And I was mm. thinking somebody's driving on a dirt road in Africa listening to Mac Power users. It's like That's pretty wild. You know what I mean? It's just like, that is crazy. You never think about that when you're just, you know, sitting in front of a microphone. Yeah. Okay, so 
somebody's new to this, they want to get into it. I mean, I, I it feels like everybody's starting one, you know, these days. But there's somebody out there, they're new, right? They want to know, what do you do? How do you get started? What's your recommendation for them to get started? A couple. Be genuine. You can't make up a false version of yourself. Um, pick a topic that you are truly passionate about, that you're willing to do without any making any money. And, um, you know, be consistent and give away a lot of stuff before you ask for any money. Okay. Good advice. Good advice. Uh, if you were starting over, you know, with this, any of the, any of the aspects that, of the way you talk to the internet, if you were starting over, what's something that you would definitely change? Um, you know, this was all kind of happy accident. I, I think I would. Yeah, it is what it is. I don't think too much about the past, you know. Okay. So I don't really. I I honestly, looking back, the mistakes I made were helpful mistakes. They helped me get better. So I think I would make all the mistakes again just so I could get better. Okay. And, okay. and honestly, that, that there's a piece of that. Like when you start into this stuff, the stakes are lower. You don't have as big of an audience, so there's nothing wrong <laughs> with making a bunch of mistakes and learning lessons. And that's the best time to do it. Yeah. Um, what's a, what's a, what are a couple highlights that you've had? I mean, you, you mentioned the one, like in my mind, that highlight of the, of the person driving in Africa and then sending you a message that says, Hey, by the way, yeah. you can't use, like, I that's, mean, that's a highlight, but what, the, what are yours? The biggest, like I said, biggest thing is whenever I hear from a listener that I've helped them somehow, that is, um, that just makes me, it literally makes my day. Um, some of the other highlights, like the acknowledgement from Apple when they invited us to go to WWC and we got to interview uh, one of their VPs and then they did it again this year. So getting acknowledgement kind of from the industry really helps. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, when I hear from people who I respect, who listen to the show that always like is a highlight for me. Um, being able, I mean, the big highlight for me is the way I've been able to recraft my life because of this. Like, yeah. I had no idea on the day that I registered Max Sparky that I would be quitting as a law firm lawyer and opening my own practice and, like, you know, scaling back the business to just the business that I truly loved and be able to make a living, get my kids through school and pay the bills um, based on doing this kind of stuff and practicing the kind of law that I love. And I mean, I'm just so lucky, you know, yeah. so uh, that's the big win for me. Yeah. Okay. So a typical show, right? Like, let's use Mac power users, a, a typical show. Um, you release them every Sunday. I forget. Is yeah, it every Sunday, Sunday or afternoon. every other? Okay. It's not Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Um, so in order to produce a single show about how many hours do you all have in, to research, planning, prep, and then actual recording. Like, what would you say it takes to actually get a show from concept, concept in a in a document somewhere the whole way to posted? It depends on the show, really. I mean, like um, with the guest shows, it's not as much because we also do interview shows. Um, I spend time doing pre-interview and planning with guests. I don't just like invite them on and just like you know shoot the breeze. I want to tailor the questions and the topics around the audience. For instance, we've got a show right now I'm planning that we'll record next week. And the person we're interviewing is really well known in the legal circles for teaching lawyers how to use Apple tech. But I don't want to talk about that on the show. 
um, I want to talk about stuff that this person could do that could help our entire audience. So he like runs a small business and he does know how to teach Apple tech. So I think the show we're going to do with him is not going to be his usual thing. Okay. So getting all the planning done to make sure that we get that out is good. And uh, is that planning with him or her? Or was both. that with the guest at the same time? It starts with me alone or okay. Steven or Steven and I together depends on the guest. And then, like, we start putting together an outline, and then we plan calls with the guest. And if we, you know, if it doesn't go right in the first call, we'll have a second call. So okay. it goes through phases. Um, uh, but those are the easier ones. The harder ones are the content shows. You know, like, um, just today as we were recording episode 596, Stephen and I decided, you know what? There's so many different apps out there that are supposed to be able to control HomeKit. You know, HomeKit is an Apple technology to turn the lights on and the air conditioning on and check your cameras and all this home automation stuff. But Apple's app isn't that great. And there's like a whole ecosystem of third-party apps. So we said, you know what, we're going to tackle that on an episode. We're going to look at all the apps. We're going to decide which ones are worth recommending, which ones aren't and you know how to use them and how to make more of this. So I'll probably easily have like 20 hours into that by the time we, you know, because yeah. now I got to download all these apps. I got to try each one out with all my home kit stuff. I got to figure out what's going to break. And like that one's going to have a lot of time in it, but we're going to spend months getting ready for that show. Okay. Um, uh, so it's just like, that's like kind of an extreme version. And then the guest show is a lighter version. Sometimes we'll do a show like we did a show on Obsidian, which is a new note taking markdown system. Mm, I like it a lot. Yeah, and I I ran the outline for that one because I'm the big Obsidian user, and I was able to write the outline in like two hours for that show. But I probably spent two hundred hours using Obsidian, <laughs> so I really knew you know where the bodies were buried before we started. So it just kind of depends on what we're talking about. But there's always, I think it's safe to say, pretty much every episode there is more time in the planning than there is in the recording of the episode seeing how how things are made or you know how you make uh what goes into the back end of the show yeah how do you how do you keep the schedule organized right because some of those shows take two months three months four months some of them you can turn around a lot faster how do you and steven figure out the order and the release and and all of that stuff like what's that take katie and i started this when katie katie floyd was the former co-host and she uh she went on to bigger and better things so she's not on the show anymore um, but we uh, we made a Google spreadsheet. I mean, we did this very early, like in the first probably twenty shows. And we so we have a sheet that's that lays out the next twelve months, and we start putting shows in. Like we think we want to put a feedback show about here, and we want to put a guest show here, and let's go find a guest. And so we actually kind of think through it. And Steve and I do the same thing. We have a monthly planning call where okay. we talk about the next month on the show and what what's going on and. And, you know, different shows, um, different, of you know, we take turns kind of running the show. Like we did a show kind of on the history of Intel and the Mac. And Steven, who is like an Apple history nut, he ran that show. I mean, he did a lot of the work on the outline and, you know, and I, I was more of a passenger on that one. So it just depends on the show. Uh, but but I think having that monthly call to plan out the next. And, and honestly, usually when we have the call, we already know what shows we're recording but just to kind of check in on where things are going and who's doing what. So uh, that's a big help. Yeah. All right. So we're getting near the end of our time. What, what else would you want people to know about talking to the internet? And this is people that, you know, are just fans of you. This is people that want to start talking to the internet. This is people that are experienced 
you know, and they've, they've been talking for many, many years on the internet. What would you want them to know? You know, what wisdom do you have to share with them that you uh, haven't already? I would just say, um, we do live in that era like the founding fathers had where they can all have their own newspaper. So if you got something to say, now's the time. Um, I do worry a little bit about the future of all this. Corporations are getting way deep into podcasting and things mm -hmm. are getting way more, um, um, you know, formalized. It's not quite the, you know, wild west that it was when I first started, but, uh, it, there's still room for you. So if you want to make something, go out and make it and just make it good and be consistent. Perfect. All right. Are you ready for the unlightning round? Okay, let's do it. Okay, so I'm going to throw questions at you. You need to answer them as fast as you can, and you probably will not be very fast if you're like okay. everybody else. But here we go. All right. What is your favorite thing to consume on the internet right now? Uh, Star Wars stuff. Uh, there, there's a great podcast called Rebel Horse Radio, and I grew up with Star Wars, and I love listening to those guys. I think they're funny, and um, it's a great kind of escape from the rest of the world. Who's an up-and-coming content creator that we should all check out? So they can't be established. It's got to be new and up-and-coming. Uh, Mike Schmitz and Rosemary Orchard. Are they, are they too established for you? Uh, so they've been on the show already. So I would say they're too established for me. Like they've already been on. I've already interviewed them. So yes, too established. Who's somebody else that's new? Nick Milo. Nick Milo, the guy who makes linking your uh -huh. thing. I think he's super smart. He's got a website about um, using... Um, um, obsidian, but he's just a smart guy. We had him as a guest on the focus podcast and I have a lot of respect for him. Well done. Okay. So you're the first human on a mission to Mars. You're only allowed to take one thing to either read, listen to, or watch during the trip. And while you're there, what are you taking? Is it like, a you mean like a movie or what? Give me some. So, okay, good. I'm, I'm yeah, good. So you can take a series of a show, you can take a movie, you can take a book or a volume of books, but it's like it's all one like content capsule, if that makes sense. Got you. Uh, it, it, as silly as it sounds from a 50 plus year old man, I would just take the Star Wars vault. I mean, all of I was, them? Yeah, just well, I mean, the whole the whole thing. I mean, the movies one through nine and also the Clone Wars, you know, the, the okay. animated series. I feel like that all would keep me entertained and it makes me happy. Is, I was, is I was new... eight years old when Star Wars came out, so it really, <laughs> really worked on me. You know, it did a number but, on look, me. I've watched, I've watched the one through nines multiple times. So I'm, I'm yeah. with you there. Um, what's the new? Uh, this is a complete tangent. What's the new um, Bad Batch like? Is it? Is it it's good? Great. It's great. The guy making it is the same guy behind Mandalorian. And, okay, do you have to have known like stuff in the past from the Clone nope. Wars? Because I don't know anything about the Clone nope. Wars. It, it it would be better if he's in Clone Wars because there's some characters coming back, but you don't need it at all. Okay. All right. Now this one, this last one in the unlightning round is going to come completely out of nowhere. All right, it's bring left it. field. I'm ready. I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. So in other places, you talk about contextual computing. Yeah. What I want you to do is in 60 seconds, if you even need that long, tell us about what contextual computing is and where we should get started. The problem that we all face is that our devices distract us. So when you're working on client project and you go to check email, you get diverted by something in your inbox. Or if you go to your task manager, you see something else there. If you go on the web to do research, you see Amazon. So contextual computing is the idea of drawing a direct line between all of your technology. So 
I want to work on a client project, then I want to jump to the client task list, then I want to jump to the client web page without seeing anything in the middle. That's contextual computing. Your computer just bends to your will and gives you exactly what you need and nothing else. And then where do we get started? Uh, episode, there's an episode of Mac Power Users all about it, so I would, I would recommend starting there. Perfect. But it's a, it's a thing. I'm not sure if I'm going to make a field guide out of it or what, but, and I'm not the first person to think of this, but I think in this world full of distractions, it's something we all need. Nice. So I think you handled the lightning round the best out of any guest I've had. Oh, thanks. There, there, there were, you were quick. You were, and that's probably your, your lawyer experience, right? You're used to being on the hot seat at times. So, so very well done. Very well done. Uh, David, thanks. Thanks so much for being on the show. Uh, thanks so much for sharing your wisdom with us about, you know, talking to the internet and all the different ways you talk to the internet. Uh, folks want to find out more about you. Where would you point them? Uh, just go to maxsparky.com. It's a great little URL I discovered one day by accident. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is there. But hey, the main thing I would say to people, if they're listening, they want to make content is just make content. You know, I think too many people get hung up on it. And it's okay that if it's bad for a while, I mean, it's all, I, you should listen to some of the first episodes of Mac Power Users. Um, so just, just go out and make content and you'll get better at it. And so long as you're enjoying it, go for it. Wonderful. Thanks, David. Thanks for being here. And for those of you that are listening, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for learning with us. And uh, hope to see you next time. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.